Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about me and my work as an intuitive guide and teacher at karenhager.com. Now then, how much does anxiety affect your life? I found a survey from last year by the American Psychological Association. It was a study that they did on the impact of stress on daily functioning and activity. 34% of adults said that they felt stress is completely overwhelming these days. Not a little bothersome, completely overwhelming. And 27% of adults said that some days they're so stressed they can't function. Foster Ruggiero says, there's more to learn about the causes and dynamics of anxiety, and he's here today to help share some ways that we can overcome it. Are you ready to meet him? Foster Ruggiero's professional career spans almost 40 years. He's consistently established cutting-edge counseling programs in his pursuit of professional excellence and personal life enhancement. Faust is a published research author, clinical trainer, and a therapist who's worked in clinics for deaf children, prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, inpatient facilities, national and international corporations, and as president of the Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania. In that capacity, he developed the Process Way of Life Counseling Program and has developed it into a formal text that's presented in the Fix Yourself Handbook. His new book is the Fix Your Anxiety Handbook. Find out more about Faust and his work at faustruggero.com. Faust, welcome to Out of the Fog. Darren, it's so nice to be sitting down with you today. Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. So, is is there a difference between stress and anxiety? That little survey I found is talking about people's sharing about their stress. Are stress and anxiety the same thing? Stress usually is can be a trigger for anxiety, Karen. Uh, we all have stress in our lives. I, I haven't met anyone that doesn't have stress. What happens with anxiety is it call call it stress that's taken over the person's life, so to speak. Mm. You know, it affects us physically, emotionally, intellectually, even spiritually. It uh it, it comes in and just grabs all of us. So when ang- when it gets to the point that it's no longer manageable or it, it begins to create uh, changes in our lives that we don't really want, then we're more into anxiety. What are some of the things that cause people anxiety? I know it's different for every person, but are there root causes we can look at? Everyone asks that question, you know, and and for some people you can say, yeah, you know, gee, uh, you know, you lost someone special in your life. Um, uh, the finances are horrible. You might lose the house. Yeah, those are, all those are triggers. But anxiety is really something that uh, comes, you know, a lot of us just have it. You know, you know, we're born with it. When I, when I do, um, count, when I counsel people and I do the, uh, the, the history, the family history is almost always someone that has anxiety comes in with family members who had it, or there's depression, bipolar disorder, uh, things like that. There's always that mental health component that I look for. Uh, and, you know, when you ask yourself the question, uh, well, if this horrible thing affected this person, but they got over it, how come this one didn't, um, there's just that neurological part of us that that that's uh, that's different from person to person, and some people the stress they just don't relieve stress. Uh, so 
Um, people look for causes. And I say, you can do all that, but even if you get there, that is not going to stop you from having anxiety. We have to teach you how to uh, work with your body, your emotions, your mind, your spirit to, to, uh, to become healthy so that anxiety doesn't have you know, that victim just waiting for it to, to, you know, to take over its life. One of the things I liked about the book was how it didn't. So people who listen to the show know that I have, that I, that anxiety runs strong. The anxiety is strong in this one. Right. And I think a lot of intuitive people um, run anxious. And part of that is because we can see a lot of different possibilities and that can create anxiety. Um, One of the things I liked about the book is that it doesn't make me feel like you're mad at me for being anxious or that um, being anxious is a terrible thing now that uh, that I'm responsible for. And if I had just changed my genetic component or was more resilient, I wouldn't have a problem. I appreciate the tone of what you've written. You know, and that's the way it should be. Um, You know, the the human organism is one that, you know, we have memory and, and we have the ability to to forecast so we go back and forth we remember horrible things uh they cause us to feel ho- us terrible about ourselves we go forward and we think about what's going to happen and that causes anxiety you know so it's not something that should be looked down on uh when i counsel people i don't tell them what they're doing wrong i don't get condescending with them or or you know c- come out of the white cloud as though i have all the answers it's just a conversation about what's going on Let's get to the causes. Let's get maybe some things you can change in your life. Uh, we, we'll change those around and we'll get through this. And anyone that works the program that I'm working with, because it's so actionable, uh, they, all, they all at least reduce their anxiety to the point that it's manageable. And part of what's missing sometimes, I think, in talking about uh, stuff like this, emotional, mental health issues, is, is the compassion is missing because it does affect everyone in a different way. It may be hard when we look at other people um, to have the kind of compassion that's necessary to help them deal with it. You know, there's a secret to that. And and that isn't really, it shouldn't be a secret Uh, whether you're talking about anxiety or you're talking about uh, uh, the anger and and, and all those things we're dealing with the discrimination or whatever it, it may be. The key is just to take every human being you meet one person at a time. Uh, don't get into what should be. And that group of people are like that and that that type of thing. Take everyone one at a time. When you do, it allows you then to have your focus on that whole person, not this this group of people, which is undefined. You can get you get a lot more definition and a lot more depth and you're able to love that person much better if it's just one person at a time. It's what we do in counseling. If you come in my office, I'm not comparing you to the to the uh, vast majority of people. I am looking at you for you and only you. And that's the way I can help you put a treatment plan together. You say in the book that anxiety is not who you are. It is what you have. Can you say something about that? Absolutely. No, it's the keynote of the book. In fact, we're even working with the cover because we're going to be publishing in about two weeks. And uh, I had something else on the cover, but we're going to actually put that as a one of the keynote uh, phrases for us. What happens with anxiety is that once it gets to the point that it's intense and you're at the point of panic attacks or near panic attacks, you begin to surrender. You begin to feel beaten and you believe that this is who you are 
And this is the way your life's going to be forever. And I'm trying to tell people it is not who you are. Don't get your victimization so bad that you quit and let this beast tear you apart. Um, you know, it is simply something that you have. And since it's something you have, if you can separate from that, then we're going to put, uh, put a program together that you're going to be able to work with and you're going to beat it. You approach anxiety as a, as a process journey. So what does that mean? You know, everything in life is a process. Let's just take the interview you and I are doing today. There's a process we both had to work with to get here, whether it's preparing a notes or looking at information we had written down, um, whether it's uh, uh, the electronics, whatever it may be, we had a process to get here. Everything we do in life is that way. And you can break complicated things down to very simple steps. That's what I do with people. So when they come in and they're overwhelmed by this thing that's that's eating them up, I say, let's break this down into little processes, little pieces of information that you can understand. We'll work a process at a time and we'll get you through this. Now the people say, okay, I have something to work with because everything else I've heard is just this big, big picture thinking. I've got to get this, this, this horrible condition and get it under control. It's all, everything is always bite-sized, one step at a time. Hmm. And in the book, you include some process, well, lots of processes to be used as we work through the steps in the book. Can you say a little bit about what those specific processes are? These aren't giant, complicated, hard to understand things. These are like practical, succinct processes that we can use. And practical is the key word. When I when I wrote the books, uh, I decided that, you know, to make them uh, simulate a counseling session. So, you know, I want everything actionable. So the processes might be slowing down uh, your body might be a process. Um, getting your intellect over your emotion. It would simply mean learn how to, how to think before you react. Simple processes like that. Um, when we use them and we begin to learn to apply them, first learn to understand what they are, but then learn to understand, to apply them in our lives, then we start making changes. What I like people to understand is that the changes that we're all making are based on our ability to learn to do something differently. That's all it is. Hmm. And learning is a function uh, of, of, you know, of time. It, 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 that, that's what it's all about. A training, you know, commitment over time. So I give people a program that has the information so they understand the particular thing we're talking about. It might be in case of the, um, Fix your anxiety handbook. It might be uh, learning how to uh, work with your body better. Let's let's take nutrition as one part of it. And we do some of that. And I'll teach people what not to put in their body, uh, how to put things in, in their body, what, what the right things are. So we do something like that. Then it, I give them all the action steps so they can do this every single day. Mm-hmm. And then that what they're doing is retraining their body. Simple as that. Learning over time. And, and once they learn to do that, it becomes natural. That's the key. Take something that wasn't natural, learn about it, work all the steps, get to the point that it becomes natural. You said that anxiety must be treated as a physical condition first. And you were just talking about new, maybe some nutritional ways. What are some of the changes that anxious people can make to, to work with that physical um, place of anxiety? Let's start from the, the simple fact that 
we are all human organisms. We are bi biological. So, uh, you know, everything we do, whether it's our emotions, our brain, our spirit, they're all housed, if you will, in this body. So the healthier the body is, the better we are. So we'll learn about breathing techniques. We'll learn about diet. We'll learn about sleep. Um, we'll learn to maybe exercise. We'll talk about things like yoga uh, and prayer and meditation and things like that. We're going to get to the point that the body is as strong as it can be. When I talk about exercise, I'm not talking about going to the gym and getting your body, you know, turning your body into some type of a, a you know, a place for muscles. I'm talking simply about getting yourself to the point that everything works well, that your body is strong enough so that when anxiety, when stress hits, it, it can be absorbed uh, uh, in a healthy fashion by your body and not turned into those neurological impulses that override everything we're doing. When anxiety kicks in, there are physical symptoms that kind of show that anxiety's kicked in, that it's, that it's, um, that cycle is beginning. What are some of those common physical symptoms? How can we learn to sort of recognize those in ourselves? You know, a lot of people ask that <clears throat> even when they're experiencing them, because it, it becomes such a norm that we don't, we stop looking for them, but you know, you're going to, the first thing I always tell people is you're going, your body's going too fast. Yeah. You should be able to learn how to, be a calmer person. I'm not saying, you know, you're, you're meditating and, and have your mantra and sitting down every day and saying, Oh, and that, that's not what I'm talking about. You can do that if you want to. I'm just saying that you should be able to say, okay, I can exhale here. I can feel, you know, some tranquility. I can feel calm. I don't have these thoughts and this, the, the, the this stress and this, this tightness in my body. That's another uh, symptom that tightness when you're, you're, you get muscle pains and joint pains, uh, you know, that's those are symptoms of anxiety. Uh, some people overeat. Some people cannot eat. Uh, you know, thoughts that are going a million miles an hour. All this stuff is happening. You can see it happening. Um, it's the you know, if I, when I tell people, let's make a list of all the things that you feel every day physically that you don't like. You know, it's like I, geez, I I never thought about that. They say, and then they make the list, and there and, and there's five, six, seven, sometimes a dozen things on the list. So we calm the body down first and then we get it healthy. And it's compassionate. I did. I just, I like that very much. I know that in my own life, I have some unhealthy routines um, that amplify anxiety. So choices I make are things that I'm so used to doing that I just do over and over again. In the book, you talk about that as, as autopilot living. Mm. Yes. Can you share with us some common unhealthy routines that amplify anxiety and, and maybe how we can start to gently break those habits? Sure. Sure. Just a quick little background on this. The brain, you know, we, and I'm going to break this down. Very, very simple components. Let's talk about the front cortex, your brain, and, and the back. The back is where the emotions and all the um, autonomic things, things that go on automatically uh, live. And in the front is conscious thought. So we'll just talk about it like that. Conscious thought means all the things we can rationally think about. The brain's, the way the brain works is to get as much on autopilot, so to speak, and uh, things you don't have to think about all the time so that it frees up more time for um, 
conscious thought. So as we learn something and it becomes routine, it goes back a little bit. We don't have to focus on it. Unfortunately, that can work against us because of what we're training our brain and our body to do is experience unhealthy routines. Then we repeat them over and over again without any thought at all. Example, the person that gets up in the morning and says, I'm nothing until my three cups of coffee and two cigarettes. Well, geez, think about what just happened there. You have anxiety, you pumped your body up with a, a whole bunch of caffeine, and then you put an addiction in the picture that will take you up and down. And those are wonderful ingredients to create anxiety. Uh, but you never even thought about it because it's your routine. It's something you do every day. And, you know, your sleep habits, your eating habits, uh, all those kinds of things. We don't think about them. And, and you know, a, a real antagonist, something that works against anxiety is conscious thought. Being able to think things through and say, okay, I can't do this. I need to do this. And then incorporating that into our uh, daily routine. So conscious thought works against anxiety. So if I can slow it down enough to get my conscious thought back, where I'm not acting from the place of trigger or routine, when I can get that conscious thought back, I'm starting to break the cycle. You are. And people will say, but if I get conscious thought, I'm going to be thinking about my anxiety. And it's a very good question. So, you know, Let's look at that just a minute. If you if you're going to put conscious thought in the picture, it's conscious, positive, healthy thought. We're not asking you to um, to put your wrap your conscious thought around. Oh my God, I'm going to have surgery in two weeks. I'm going to get my hip replaced. I'm going to be out of work. I can't get around. I hope it's successful. You know, no, no. It's 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 conscious, rational thought. Conscious thought really talks about let me think about the facts because i teach a lot about fact finding let's you know if you're going to think about something think about it in a factual manner have the all the facts um so i always tell people let's get the facts in order let's get our conscious thought wrapped around those let's put together a, a plan based on those step by step nice and easy and let's start working that plan little by little your mind begins to make that its routine and then we go to the next step. We make that conscious and we keep on doing that. And you surprised how well that works. You're listening to Out of the Fog and I'm talking with Foster Jarrow. He is the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook and the new book, The Fix Your Anxiety Handbook, bringing you out of the darkness and into a brilliant new world. Foster, what do you think about medication for anxiety? You know, Karen, in my, in my counseling approach, I medicine's always the last uh, option I use, but I don't, I'm not someone who doesn't want any part of it. I don't, I don't want to go there. Some people can use it. Um, it's nice to have an, an, for an as needed basis sometimes to get people in the initial stages of anxiety when they're, when they're coming in for counseling, we'll say, well, let's get you on this. It might be a month or two because as we start getting you through the initial phases of, of the counseling, we don't want you coming in and telling, telling me there's a horrible week you had and you just couldn't calm down and sleep and you had five anxiety attacks. Let's start to get through that. Some of that is actually repairing the body. It's giving your body a chance to go forward without anxiety attacks, tearing at it. And then you can think logically because we know when um, anxiety gets to the point of anxiety attacks, uh, now your ability to rationally think is almost gone. 
So there are times when medication plays a, plays a good, healthy part in it, but we just don't want to see people rely on it. And there are too many practitioners who prescribe medication, and that's it. They don't say, well, here's the medication, and let's get you uh, hooked up with a counselor or someone that's going to help you get through this because we don't want you on medication all your life. Uh, they'll put them on. I have people that come in. They've been on anti-anxiety medications or antidepressants for 10 years, and nobody bothered with them. And the medication stopped working eight years ago huh. and they don't even know it. You know, it, it, you, you get those, th those kinds of stories. So, uh, you know, I always tell people, if you're, if you're going to go, if you're thinking about medication, there's nothing wrong with getting started on that, at least for a while, but do get yourself involved with a counselor, uh, who understands what you're experiencing, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be. Uh, make sure that counselor understands that and can help you work through that because Medicine is only medicating the symptoms. It is not getting to the causes. Why do we resist seeking help, like counseling help, when we're troubled in this way? What What is it that makes people reluctant to do that? Well, there's a lot of things. Some people just uh, are so private, they don't, they, they don't talk about themselves well. Some people believe, that uh, if they go to counseling, that's it's a weakness. Um, oh. yeah, and uh, another thing that uh, even though counseling is far more prominent today than it used to be, uh, we, we live in a world where people attack each other and they look for a weakness. And uh, so some people will hear that someone going to counseling and you know, they'll make sure that's public. Uh, oh. There's all those kinds of things. I just tell people, this is your life. Uh, you want to be as happy as you can. If you firmly believe you can do this on your own, that's up to you to try that. But uh, seeking help by someone who, you know, particularly in, in my case, I'm, I'm doing this 43 years. I still love doing it. I still love meeting new people and uh, working with all my older people. And just, you know, I, I look forward to them every day. Uh, if you can find someone like that and incorporate that person into your life, uh, you, you'd be surprised how much changes. For listeners who are, listening to this because they, because anxiety affects them. What is the most important first step that someone could take today? If somebody's listening to this and they, and they kind of hear themselves in, in what you're sharing and they know it's time to go to work on this, what first step could they take like right now? You know, people ask it all the time. And I've always taken that question back to myself. What would I do? Uh, if I got to the point where I said, I can't do it, then no matter what I do, I get up every day and I am just feeling horrible. Um, I, you know, I, I can't think straight. I'm getting in, uh, panic attacks, whatever it may be. Uh, I am then going to, my first step is I'm going to find someone uh, that I uh, know can specialize in anxiety. And I'm going to make an appointment at least for that first initial appointment. I'm going to want to see, I'm going to tell them what I'm feeling like. I'm going to, I'm going to see what they have to say. And uh, I'm going to get, get myself through this. Uh, I, you know, the other thing I tell people is you're not going to go to someone and in a month, um, gee, you're going to feel that much better. You'll, you may see the light. You may see that there's hope, but this is something that's been invading your body and your mind and every other, every other part of you for years it will take a little time to for you to understand what to do with it, but you will, you will do it. Make the first step. That That's the key. Every, every journey starts with that first step. First step is to get some help and there's nothing wrong with it. Don't feel as though you're weak. 
feel as though you were strong enough and intelligent enough to say, this was the next move I had to make, so I made it. Are we ever truly free of anxiety, do you think? I don't think so, but we can learn not only how to manage it, but to how to see it coming and to thwart it before it even gets to us. You know, I'm 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 no stranger to anxiety, but I you know I I practice what I preach, and I rarely uh, have you know a day where I say, "Gee, I was really anxious today." I may I may get up and you know have some things on my mind, and I've got to get through them, and and it creates a little bit of anxiety, but nothing nothing that isn't functional, nothing that I look at at the moment and say, I can't get through this today. No, I will. I know I will. And when you work the program, that's the other nice thing about it. When you work a program like the one that I'm uh, that, that I'm teaching, you begin to realize that, okay, I'm not alone in this. And there is a program. There is a tool I can rely on, which I didn't. I was alone before and I didn't have this. That's a whole different way to look at things. Ross, thank you for being with us, for talking with me today. Thank you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I've been talking with Foster Ruggiero. He is the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook, and his new book is the Fix Your Anxiety Handbook, bringing you out of the darkness and into a brilliant new world. This book is incredibly practical. Step-by-step, little bits, things that you can do, not just to uh, help yourself feel better, but to understand what's happening as you are living with anxiety. So the Fix Your Anxiety Handbook. You can find out more about Faust and his work at faustruggero.com. I'm getting ready to spell. Are you ready? Here comes the website, F-A-U-S-T-R-U-G-G. I-E-R-O.com, fostrugero.com. And of course, you're always welcome at karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private intuitive session with me there if you're so inclined. And the fun continues on Instagram, where I am Fog City Psychic. Fog City Psychic. If you're interested in the jigsaw puzzle I'm working on, or you want to see pictures of Maisie the dog taking a nap, or you're looking for more out of the fog content, Fog City Psychic on Instagram. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.